Mark Kaigua of Nendo. Welcome back to the African Tech Roundup, man. Hello, Africa. Tell me how you're doing. Oh, did you just steal that from Musa? He hasn't done it in a while, so it serves him right for not being on the show in a while. How are you going to like shade me like that? I, I love Musa, and I'll correct Musa and tell him where we both got it from. Remind us all. It was a sell-tell Pan-African campaign. So when uh, Sudanese billionaire Mo Ibrahim sold sell-tell to Zayn, and the birds started chirping and hawking, you might as well tell the people we're outdoors. Mark Kaigua is in Joburg at the moment. And if we were trying to pretend we were in studio, well, that Hadida kind of just <laughs> stole, stole our shine. No, I'm, I'm ready. It's been, it's been great. I've been here um, about a week with uh, the, this bird on my shoulder because I clearly am I'm an African pirate in Joburg, man. Just uh, instead of having a, par- a parrot, which is the Western version, I have a Hadida on my shoulder. Just, uh, yeah, just don't ask, don't ask to see the... The swords and all the all the um, all the dangerous items. Yeah, yeah, and I mean they're so loud. They, they, they may as well be on your shoulder at this point. But yeah, welcome back, bro. Nice to have you in town. We've been hanging for the better part of like what three, four hours this afternoon, catching up. Um, tell the people actually what you were doing just before we hopped on. Like I had to pull your phone away, and we're going to talk about your phone because there's another conversation we had earlier that I definitely wanted to share with everybody. Well, I certainly wanted to share with everybody. But what were you doing on your phone? So I was on my phone downloading Boomplay. So long story short is I transitioned from Android to iOS probably about 2015. And I was using iOS. And then in Ghana, I had an Uber driver who made off with my phone. Shout out to you, Uber. (sighs) (laughs) I'm being so nasty. I mean, Uber. (laughs) No, it's cool, though, because, because eventually... Through going through global and the local team, I got my phone back when the driver brought it to my hotel. But it's been weeks. I basically not had my phone for a month. But it set me off on a very interesting path, which has culminated to kind of catch the chase because I know we'll come back to this story in me downloading and exploring the Android ecosystem with a very new lens and a new set of eyes for an upcoming report. And I just downloaded Boomplay, which is by Transion. Transion is a parent company based out of Shenzhen, but obviously working across the world. Who? have four main phone brands, Spice, Itel, Techno, Infinix. They may have another, but those are the main ones. Techno is exclusive to Africa. The rest are pretty global. And Boomplay has now evolved under the umbrella of Transient. So they're not just shipping hardware, which runs their own version of Android. They're actually pushing over the air updates and services of their own experiences to fill in gaps that they found. We had um, a Boomplay executive on our show a couple of months ago uh, in February. I think he's since moved over to Safaricom. I reckon, I'll try this out on you, that Boomplay is Transient's data play on the continent to augment their hardware footprint. I think that's part of it. I think what's super, super, super underrated is the fact that they actually own the version of Android that we're using here. That's the true data play. Okay, so, dang. (laughs) That's a meta play because what they're saying is that they'll build a device, they'll fork their own version of Android, and then they will then send in Android apps that are theirs to meet the gaps that they find. And, uh, and shout out to a gentleman from the Lagos office who works across the continent for Boomplay. He's called Iradumare. I mean, he's the guy I was on a call with. And um, yeah, it's just exciting to watch um, the kind of innovation and, and, and real progress they're, they're making. Um, they're not the only ones. They have obviously stand as, as Boomplay as an app in the shoulders of others who've come before them. 
not many who are still left in terms of just music streaming plus Africa equals insert name of startup here. But they have some structural advantages that are that make it a really exciting prospect, even against some of the bigger boys overseas like your Apple Music um, title who just launched in Uganda, for example. Spotify, obviously. Yeah, Spotify and and Google. Of course, there's Google Play Music and and others who can over the air start to open things up for the market. Uh, it just needs it just needs yeah it just needs the licenses and some of the, the the it's actually the legal side of music that needs to be right because the free and the streaming and the torrenting and the kind of the people kind of sorting themselves out is clearly the old order and the new order is, is still open in terms of who who uh, which winner takes all if they take all or if they share the pie. Well, Transcend better watch their back because uh, the Kenyan government has announced that very soon, apparently, there will be no room for any of these Chinese handsets. And frankly, any handsets from anywhere else because Kenya will be manufacturing their own handsets and they won't need to look beyond their own borders to enjoy a high-quality device and certainly access all the benefits that mobile has to offer. Is this true, my brother? If, uh, if listeners could see my face right now... <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I... Okay, let's put them in the loop. Okay, so there was a, a random announcement. I, I don't know how random, but there was certainly an announcement made by a high-ranking official, Kenyan official recently, um, stating that Kenya would be investing heavily, uh, something to the tune of a whole $10 million, apparently, in sort of getting the country to take on the, the mobile manufacturers of the world, man. Scary stuff. Look, I think there's been opportunities, don't get me wrong. I think Techno has had the desire to create a plant of some kind and, of course, by extension, get the concessions and move some of the production or assembly out of Shenzhen to here. Um, the biggest candidates were Nigeria first, Ethiopia probably joined, joined with them, and then anyone and everyone else. To me, I think that's commendable that the Kenyan government would do that. I think with the, not to get political, with the kind of tax situation we're in now, you may argue that that if it's public private if it's a public private partnership then then well and good if it's if it's out of like taxpayer like uh, shillings um, I would let me let me put it like this I'd like to know more but what I will say is that um, I think Ethiopia if I'm not mistaken I mean over the next decade they look like they stand the best chance of getting the large scale manufacturing powerhouse to uh, to basically assemble technos devices for for the continent I mean last year it should be said Transion uh, shipped just under 100 million, like 99 point something million devices to the continent. I mean, I don't even know what you say after that, but like whichever country just picks up 10%, 15, 25% of, especially assembly and stuff here will be a winner. You're talking about buying into an existing sort of model and business. From what I heard, y'all are going to do your own thing. You're going to have devices, man. And listen, I'm making light of a serious issue. Um, I think there's something to be said for aspiration and I think uh, inspiring our people and reminding ourselves really that there's nothing stopping Africa from, from asserting itself at the highest level, whether it's flipping taking on Apple and Samsung or, you know, Volvo and Merck. Like, there's, there's no reason we can't do it. It's just sometimes a sense an unfortunate uh, disconnect or miscalculation around what's actually required for us to do these things. No, I'm with you. I think uh, 100%. You see, for me, I think it's more than the, the declaration of intention. You got to walk me through a power plant. You got to ask me to get like like on one of those hair nets and tell me, here's a lab coat. Let's walk around what we're launching now. Um, Elon Musk style. Because we've been there. I think we've been there with the whole like, let's make the announcement. Let's get the headlines. 
I mean, this many years in Konza Technology City, Hope City and Ghana, the headlines were written. Much ink was spilled. But, you know, this whole thing about making these like 50, 60 story skyscrapers and these, you know, elaborate technology metropolis uh, and, uh, and meccas of sorts that would attract all this funding. Let's start bottom up. Let's keep it simple. Public-private partnership or whatever. Like, let's get the ball rolling that way. And I think, um, I mean, like you said, ambition and aspiration is great. But leave, um, okay, let me be careful. I was about to say leave ambition and aspiration to the entrepreneurs. It's, wow. No, no, no. But but what I was going to say is, you know, I think, I think you know, in terms of just governance and leadership, we just need, like, a very pragmatic approach. Um, I'm not saying there's no room for imagination. And this is Silicon Savannah, in those two words, is imagination right there. And it's a story, yeah. And now you've got to back it up. And now you've got to live it out. And now you have to show and earn uh, what it means to have the world's attention and people pointing themselves towards you and their resources towards you. You have to have places that you can channel that. And sometimes that's more in creating the environment that, that works um, than it is in, in other things. Um, so to me, that's, that, that's, that's this fine balance I think as public officials guys have to take. But hey, if they want to like create their own flavor of Android, Inspire the people. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for it. You know, you know we'll, we'll give we'll give and show the love. Um but yeah, it's going to come with some skepticism and some cynicism. So, the reason I asked you to share like what you're doing before you jumped on and I mean we we were chatting about like Boomplay um leading into this conversation and just how impressed you are with their market relevance. I think this speaks to Transient in general. The way they've basically approached Africa like it is its own place. It has unique markets that have, you know, that require a cautious but intentional approach. And they're showing that you can do good business and make incredible progress by approaching things this way. Using Boomplay as a case study for how to win at a data play, harnessing trendy digital waves like content and apps and social media and virality and popular culture. Talk us through what you see, because this is fresh. I mean, you, you just had a conversation with an executive from there and, you know, you're playing with the app now and you were literally gushing before we got on here. Let's use this as a case study, like, while it's fresh. Sure. I think even before I go in, not that I'm like a both sides guy, but there are, you know, certain, I think, caveats or trade-offs with the Android ecosystem broadly. We spoke a bit about them. And oh yeah, so so let's let's bookmark that because we're gonna go back to that because that that story about you being iPhoneless for a while and being on Android and how that opened your eyes and stuff we're gonna talk about that thing. So listeners, stick around because there's a great story around all that. So but let's let's talk about Boomplay and then we'll go and then we'll work backwards. Sure. So I think I think what's intriguing me about them is uh, there's a lot of the larger story here that I find interesting. So first of all, of course, is to ship a version of devices and not be content to ship hardware but to say you know what we're going to create our own flavor of android here and we're going to use that to uh, to study and, and to understand the market and then once we've done that for enough time we can then go the extra mile and make adjustments to the android experience that 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 potentially benefits or, or is augmented towards our audience this is counterintuitive to say the way Americans do it or some of the some other Asian brands do it, which is arrive and just capture our imagination, throw launch parties, just let us all know you're here. The Chinese are clearly okay with doing things slightly different. I need to actually pay homage. So let's uh, allow me to take the listeners back in time and just give a shout out to Alpesh Patel, Nick Regisford, 
and the guys who started my phone so my phone was the first african owned african led phone manufacturer now these guys started early to mid 2000s they would go to the same shenzhen manufacture 10,000 100,000 devices bring them back sell them go back and forth i mean they did all sorts of crazy wacky experiments and really set a blueprint so before we knew a transient before we knew techno infinix itel spice any other brands these guys were out there and they were grinding and doing their thing now i think because of vc and actually a lot of um a lot has been said about my phone especially by alpesh himself the the the, the founding ceo yeah we've had him on the show yeah he he does not hold any punches eh but I recommend listeners go back to listen to that because that, before you talk about and give some of the credit to China, you have to know that they came and learned Africa just like anyone else. But the guy who went to China and picked up the phones and then first met and created unique variants. I mean, phones with like a massive kind of lower or, or battery or backside because he's like, I'm trying to go a month and a half with no recharge. Or phones where the bottom part of the, the, the phone is a bit lopsided because, oh, that guy on the motorcycle taxi on the border border on the um you know kind of whatever it is right the tuk tuk yeah he needs to have a loudspeaker that powers this device so to make devices that probably wouldn't sell in that many other places but that tap into what's the local context i mean i'm like shout out to Alpesh and his team because because they did it first right and i'm and i'm a big believer in just paying it forward and and, and acknowledging the ogs so that brings us to present day and, and i think for boomplay what excites me and intrigues me is that you've always had this very incomplete value chain as far as piracy and people just having the desire and the appetite to listen to and, and engage with their stars, their creators, their entertainers, their musicians, but not necessarily the, the framework in place to extract the full value and bring that back to the artist. So to me, I don't know what Boomplay play, play, you know, pays on royalties or how they arrange their deals, but what I do know is I like the trajectory that's there, right? Hardware to Android to software to music... And then within music, I mean, it's super intriguing. If you buy one of the transient devices, the default player is Boomplay. And what I find intriguing about that is that, you know, either you play what's in their catalog or you play what's on your own. And it's one experience. So it's intriguing what that leaves in terms of the imagination for the data that they get and see about audience patterns and behavior. Uh, because they're basically trying to, to have as much in their catalog that meets the exact needs of different countries and markets and where it doesn't then the player will carry for that last mile and you still get like a, an experience with their app so and then you also kind of get the best of what the likes of opera mini for example deliver in terms of market relevance um realizing just how expensive mobile data continues to be on the continent how precious it, it is to to consumers we see boom play doing forward-thinking things we haven't seen anybody try and do. When I say anybody, I mean everyone from, you know, the guys who were early here on the continent, like Deezer, to all of these players who, who you know, that are trending right now. And, and from what I understand, they are about to make a play in that direction the same way, I suppose, Facebook and Google and all these other guys have woken up to the fact that, hey, okay, uh, you know, we can't bring developed nation specs to a place where, you know, data is expensive. But I mean, Boomplay seemed to be on that tip from day one and then the token system within the app. Now, this might sound like an ad for Boomplay. It is totally not. What this is an ad for personally is market relevance, is respecting the economic potential of markets that you serve. And if you are going to be an Android app and play in sort of Androidville, like Transient and, and Boomplay tend to be, and you're going to be pretty heavy-handed 
with regards to what you're going to scrape from your users, let's be honest, you and I had a little, a little chuckle about just how much they're going to sort of harvest off your phone um, in antiquity, or at least for as long as you have that app. So I figure if you're going to be on that tip, the very least you can do is respect the market you're trying to enter, its limitations and its resource constraints. Yeah, no, I, I think that, you know, where we're going right now is definitely for the African continent where privacy, if not already, is, is a matter of rich or poor, right? It's the halves. Hang, bro, can I just let that hang a bit? Bro, that is mean. That's dark, bro. I'm just, I'm just keeping it real, you know, I'm keeping it a stack. It's, it's, it, what it means is that if you have an iOS device versus an Android device, you're locked out in some ways out of certain experiences because data must be traded as part of the exchange for those experiences. And those experiences tend to be free. However, on Android, what you're also going to... to, to and Android is the default, right? 90x percent. We know this, right? There's not a... Well, let me not say there's not a country, but, but certainly it would stand to reason that, uh, that there's not many countries where iPhones are in the double percentage. That, that one, I... Of the 54 countries, I'm ready, I'm ready to kind of go toe-to-toe with whoever can show me I definitely let me let me part let me pause that. Sort, sort of apple like doing a plane drop dude like in some country like there's no way sure. i i think if you take out north africa and you take out south africa i mean yeah you just you you, you find me a country where I, I, apple has 10 percent or more market share i actually i i would love to see it because what we know is android is the default smartphone operating system of of the african continent and if that's true then that opens up room for innovators, to be honest, because what they can do with the data they have is they can go further. But, you know, every light casts a shadow. So there will be some bad actors. There will be people who, you know, may not respect the fidelity and the, you know, just really just the access that, that they have. But, I mean, Kenya, if we just take an example, is in a really unique place right now because the future of finance is being written as we sit and as we tweet and as we listen because there you have what some have called responsible lending, what others have criticized and, and have the right to do so, to call it predatory lending, because there's a number of actors, you know, two dozen or more, who will say to you that, you know, if you allow me access to your call log, your location, your SMSs, your apps, your address book, um, just every one of the, the, the various data sources that are available on Android and not, I should make it very clear, not available in anywhere near the same way on iOS, we are prepared to give you uncollateralized, you know, unsecured loans and help you build up a separate credit line and credit history. And there's... there's, a, there's so hang on, how shocked would you be given some of the things that Boomplay asked you to, to surrender on your way into a downloading their app that, I don't know, in another year, 18 months, maybe less... They're offering you the exact same thing, like forward financing for tokens that allow you to listen to the latest releases or something to that effect. Look, on, on the surface, it's just lending you a little you know, bit of bucks to stay current. But really, it's finance, isn't it? No, it's here. So Boomplay Financial. I mean, pardon me. Get out. Is, it, is that a thing? Transient Financial is here. They're hiring. I mean, I'm in a WhatsApp group with one of their executives. They sit in London, different city. They look after the whole continent. They are going to do, they're going to lend you airtime. They're going to lend you mobile money. They're going to lend you whatever else they find as a new currency. They're here. I mean, they've been sitting on the data because they ship the devices. As we said, it's kind of like this stack, right? And they are integrating vertically, right? So they ship the, the hardware. They have ins through the software. And then they can push. You know, they don't have to ask you to download. Why don't they just take the next half a million devices and, and load the software in? They don't have to ask anybody to do anything now. 
And that's the power of it is that they have the hardware, they have the layer of software there. They've already started to engineer the network effects because they're like a Boomplay example, for example, is now also a social media app. I mean, it's, inv- it's inviting your families, share your playlists, talk to each other, trade songs, you know, influence each other. It allows like the, the artists themselves to create profiles and hey, you know what I mean? Galvanize your fan base. Oh my flipping word. Yeah, so so you have you have that, and I think to the younger, scrappier entrepreneurs out there, you know, I it's not winner takes all. So I don't think we we will see you know a situation where like the fight is so far gone. There's no room for anyone else. Uh, if anything, I still think that entrepreneurs, innovators, people who spot the gaps and know the market and know where the shoe pinches still have a an advantage. And yeah, now how much they can capitalize is another thing. Yeah, I get your point. You're saying, listening to this kind of thing, if you're a young developer, a founder, heck, even a local angel or a VC, there's still advantages to to local attempts to solve our own problems or at very least learn from you know great plays elsewhere and apply them within context in a way that maybe it might take outsiders three or four years to, to wrap their minds around, even if they brought a ton of money. Yeah, for sure. So, so yeah, my thing was that really what you you meant to say? Not really, but 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 I but I you know I you know I finished one another sentences here, so I'm not going to stop the flow. I think I think I think to me it yeah, Africa is not winning. I mean, even right now, you just you just don't know who's going to be in or out. You don't have any guarantees, um, except in certain markets. I think where you have some very strong front runners and. Um, let me leave it at that. So, <laughs> as, you know, as you were speaking, I just got distracted. I'm looking at these Hadidas drinking from the fountain that's like real nearby us. And I'm just worried about them because that water probably has a ton of chlorine. Those things don't know that they're they currently engaged in a, in a life-limiting activity. But the current benefit, I mean, they're clearly cooling themselves, having a good time, preening their feathers, drinking the water. They could probably fly further for some clean water. But no, right now, this water is pretty nice and clean, although it's going to give them cancer and they're going to die soon. So if you see a a moral in that story, folks, well done to you. I think the metaphor there is, um, you know, it's one of those like, you know, it's not my favorite one to share, but it 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 is a popular one of Impala and a cheetah wake up every morning. They're both hungry. The one who's left standing end of the day is the one who keeps running or keeps running past. I butchered it, but, you know, I think listeners kind of... Let him who hath ears hear. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we're, we're going to keep it on, on trend in the sense that everything we've talked about so far is in some way, you know, related to the very first conversation we had when we, we met up. You've got a flashy new handset. I was surprised to see it wasn't an iPhone. So here's why this is interesting to me, because my wife and I are literally in the market for new phones. The annoying thing is my wife and I have never been in the market for the latest flagship device of any brand. Um, I'm yet to own, you know, the top flagship of, of any sort of Android device or any iPhone device or anything. Um, that's yet to be an experience. I, I've, I've played with them, obviously, but I've never owned one. And I continue to be, in my mind, not in the market for one now. And so, you know, looking at the one you had in hand, I was like, what do you reckon? And then you had some very interesting insights around what you're learning outside of the walled garden that you you quite happily resign yourself to as an iOS user and why there are pros and cons to both situations. Let's talk about that. Yeah, sure. So the, the context was, and not to, I'm not trying to give Uber any bad press, but that, you know, that guy did me dirty. So. But you got the phone back, though. Come on, shout them out for that, at least. 
the phone's a couple hundred miles away, man. I mean, sitting in Accra and I'm in Joburg and I'm going back to Nairobi tonight. So I don't, but, but it's fine. Yes, you're right. I did get the phone back. And thanks to Uber Ghana who, uh, who sorted me out. So, so, uh, See, I'm trying to be fair. Uber, you guys get a lot of flack from us, but you did something right here. No, no, no. Look, I, I dig Uber. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna knock them despite all the other stuff. So, because they, they, I mean, we just wrote in, our, in the Nendo newsletter a couple weeks ago. We did like a quick mapping out of all the uniquely African experiences Uber does, right? Whether it's tuk-tuks at the coast or chap-chap, which is like a 1,000cc car just in Nairobi. They have a certain kind of van service. I forget if it's like in North Africa, in, in Cairo. So look, you've got an Uber van here as well. You can get a, a larger van, but it's not to be shared or anything. This one's, this one's shared. Okay, so that, that's obviously a North African thing then. Yeah, so they have all sorts of other... So, so we were paying homage because we just said, you know, like, respect. Um, and then your phone gets stolen in a, in a crazy way. Yeah, well, stolen again... I'm not using that lightly, but nonetheless, you got your phone back. When you're back in a crowd, you've got an iPhone waiting. No, no, we're gonna, I'm gonna like FedEx it, or, uh, or I, I want it sent over. Anyway, so long story short, I'm in Nairobi and I have no phone, so I go into a uh, a retail outlet to, to buy one, and I'm looking at the various phones on there. I've been searching online, I've been watching some of my favorite tech YouTube reviewers, and and so on. So I'm I'm in the market for an Android. I have a budget. I don't have a, a preferred device because you know I want to say brand agnostic. But you meet my, you give me some nice specs, decent battery, so on and so forth for the right price, and we'll be fine. And so far, I'm intrigued because at this point in your story, when you first told me, because I'm exactly the same. I'm iOS, MacBook, really happy there. Not so happy with my iOS device because. Uh, I'm just tired of being taxed for not having the the latest phone and and clearly just running out of out of space. So yes, this is why I'm you've brought me in. Yeah. No, I mean let let's, let let me keep it real. Let me give it a hundred about about Apple. I think the problem and the challenge that Apple has, and it's also of course it's the gift and the curse. So this is actually one of their benefits is they have one flavor of OS across it all. Period. That's good and bad. So the challenge is it's a very Western mindset that goes in. So if you look at the size of apps on iOS, right? let's just take Facebook just as an example, um, 180 megs. That's the size of the app on, on Apple. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it might even be higher. But it's, a, it's north of 100 megabytes um, at the least. And so what you're talking about is some people's entire daily data budget for one app to update itself in the background. If you come to Android, Facebook have even gone as far. They, they were a bit late with this. But at the same time, you know, they acquired a company called Snaptooth in Israel who had and went on to build some of their most prolific mobile-based experiences. This is from 2011 onwards. So I'll give them their due and the Snaptooth crew get, get, get a shout-out and some love. And, and I think also Facebook, you know, without going too far into it, do visit the continent, do bring even senior people here. And, uh, yeah, and they're here. They've got a presence. Um, exactly. I know a lot of them prefer to be in Dubai or London, wherever the the sort of um, visas are harder to get. Um, but we see you, fam, by the way. We see you. But to be fair, I mean, the other people just not here either. Yeah, true. So, and Apple's not here. But of course, they have, you know, people who fix iPhones and whatnot. So, on, on, on... Don't get me started on those people. But never mind. Let's let's carry on. With so much digression here, but carry on. Yes, you were, you were talking about Apple. I'm sorry, listeners. Every, and Facebook. Every time I come on the show, I, I remember like, like I think even the last time me and Musa, like every episode is like you kind of have like the regular, like 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 African tech roundup. Then you have like with Mark, and it's like some people are like I didn't finish that, and I'm not gonna. So so, but 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 stay with me. It get it gets better. So on Android, it is 25 megs, and then if you go for Facebook Lite, which is built ground up to be respectful of the fact that people will pass it over because they're not prepared to pay the price to download the app, it's one megabyte. 
100 megabytes, 1 megabyte. So mirror that across several dozen apps. So that's why your phone, my phone, we were always deleting apps. We were always being asked to upgrade to iCloud. We were always being asked these things we're not going to do. And we're always having to basically fight and not necessarily even back up the phone. So for me, it was, it was, a, it was a blessing in disguise. I went cold turkey, of course, sacrificed all my old WhatsApp messages because I don't have my phone, started again. And so, wait, what you, so what's the blessing in having, because you said it's a pro and a con, because you've mentioned all the cons of why like an iOS device is basically a nightmare, particularly for those of us who are buying the entry-level specs or, goodness forbid, you don't buy like, you know, the brand new version with a massive busload of, of, uh, of, of storage. Yeah, I, I think the, the the challenge is that it doesn't respect data bundles. It doesn't respect the prepaid world. Its updates take far too much data. You cannot control with the level of specificity you can on Android how much data you consume and where and when. So that one, it goes out saying Apple is not going... Unless they rewrite iOS, they're not going to win in that. And I bet they're not even, they don't even care to. They don't have an official African presence on the continent you have resellers, you have premium partners, you have so on and so forth. People can repair devices. You do not have Apple saying, Africa, look at their decks. When Tim Cook gets off the stage and talks about, you know, where it's going to be, you don't necessarily see Africa there with any prominence. It's China, it's the US. And I'm not here to like cry over that. I'm just, I'm just saying what it is and talking about the back end, about the fact that these devices are going to consume far more data than an Android with, with you not able to get the bells and whistles and twist and turn to control that. That, but, but, that does come with some positives because if you look at what iOS is trying to do right now to store up and shore up um, goodwill and Apple's presence, Tim Cook has, of course, tried to really show that they care a lot about the autonomy of people's data and, and the agency, meaning the control we would have over the data that resides on our devices, right? So, you know, for, so for them, they claim, you know, Face ID as an example, you know, that information never leaves the phone, right? It's or that they can't read our, or they can't and don't read our SMSs and iMessages or whatever. Right, so I'm not here because I know there's like a cybersecurity listener who's like, oh, Mark, I'm about to prove you wrong. I'm not here to talk about the, the fringe case. I'm just saying, take an Android, take an iPhone side by side. And the benefit, if, if we can call it that, is that privacy-wise the iOS device, it stands to reason, and I stand corrected, you can hear me give me all the caveats, would be the most secure device. It's not always, it's not foolproof, but it stands to reason that way, because at least what we've seen with Android, just as an operating system and, and, and the flexibility, I mean, we're talking about the fact that if I buy um, a device, let's call it an Android device in Sao Paulo, or in, um, in Jakarta, or in Nairobi, I could potentially get three flavors of Android. It's the same operating system, but tailored more than just the language, the experience, the nuance, based off of a couple other million users and what they've learned and said, this is what's going to work for you. So you have one version of iOS, period. And on Android, you have this flexibility, but that, that does come with these compromises and, and certain trade-offs, especially in terms of your own privacy, which is what we saw for Boomplay. Because when I opened it, much like I have been since I've gotten like an Android device, I've been noticing that I'm having to give up a lot of data. And look, it's not happening in quote-unquote secret. Um, this is the other thing we kind of debated where I was like, as it was sort of telling you, you're about to give your life away. No, not your life away, but you're about to give us fairly invasive access to your, to your data. Um, but we're about to make your life amazing, I guess is the promise, right? And that's what Boomplay and pretty much most apps on the Android store will promise you, that the utility either matches or totally exceeds what you give up in terms of data. What is your sense of that then? 
I would never say that they're commensurate necessarily. There's an argument that people take more data than is needed or required. I think part of what GDPR just came to do, despite it being quite complex and, and hard to figure out, is that it... And only for Europeans? Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of people exempting Africans from those same standards. Um, I won't name names because it's on the record, but they know themselves and it's a lot of people. So because even, you know, everyone's still trying to figure out GDPR, but it's there to try and show that there are going to be ring fences on what can you or can't you collect? How do you store it, delete it, forget it and so on and so forth. And there's a lot of complaints still on the continent about players who, while providing a utility and a service and something that's free, the amount of data they collect, the scrutiny with which they collect it, the disclosures they provide around that, and the ability to, to for example, you know, one thing that, that would be interesting to see in Kenya, be it in health records or in, um, or in um, even in the financial and lending space, is me controlling my credit score and my digital identity, right? What happens typically is I will form a sense of identity with every one of the various players with... Um, you know, let's use some examples with Tala, with Branch, with Cider. These are all Android-based applications that do mobile lending and that will collect a significant amount of data from my phone when I'm not looking, I'm not using it, I'm not aware in the background. And they do that so that they can, of course, you know, use all that to, 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 to rate me and uh, provide some kind of of loan now sometimes as i've said for some of the bad actors not the ones i mentioned but as i said they're two dozen plus you know their annualized percentage rates can go and fall off a cliff well past 620 percent which is outrageous but that's the state of of things and the fact that it's algorithmically driven uh, also just means that that people are you know measuring people according to their risk profile and then sometimes still qualifying them for loans even though the the percentage rate would 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 seem uh unreasonably outrageously high but it's data that is not available on another operating system that's being used to to basically appraise people and a lot of it is happening in the back end not when you necessarily use the app but obviously watching your habits with how you use your phone in general store your contacts who you call who you sms does your phone go off so what i'm using now since i've not had an iphone is a before i even got to this phone which is the uh, xiaomi poco phone uh, and Kenyan listeners, I just have to make my apologies now. Poco has a is a it's a word that means hooker <laughs> uh, informally in Cheng. So, which is quite unfortunate. Which again speaks to guys. Couldn't you at least change the name before you launched it in, in Swahili speaking Africa? No, let, let me be clear. I mean, it's P O C O on this phone, not P O K O. But I'm not here to give like a like a like a Sheng lesson. I just have to give that caveat because some people kind of go like, what 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 is your what, what are you talking about? And I have to explain. So, uh, but it's a Xiaomi device, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So it's by Xiaomi, and and before this, I had what's called a neon kicker, and then neon- you know, before we before you jump into that, I just wanted to say, um, you know, a challenge when you guys find the time and and hopefully uh, a well healed client who's interested in these matters, which should be everyone listening. One of the things, I mean, we we talk a lot on the show about the issue you just unpacked very eloquently around how data is being exploited to basically put Africans into a, a sort of loop of indebtedness that is potentially damaging to our future as a continent. There's that thing. Then there's the basic thing that even more developed societies is dealing with, which is sort of price engineering that, again, has seeds in being able to to sort of track our digital activities online, particularly our purchasing behavior, our inclinations, how long we spend here, what we spend on that, how much time we spend looking for a good deal, and then literally selling similarly priced products 
to various people at different prices depending on what we know about them and, and taking full advantage of that really creepy stuff that enough companies around the world, multinational companies that we'd all know, not least Amazon and others, have literally said this is how we do business. And so here we sit going, go ahead and do it. And there's a point you made that, you know, offline that I, I want to repeat. I kind of pushed back. I was like, how dare they? Boom play. Oh my word. You're like, actually, this is exactly where we fight back if we're to fight back at all. Each person needs to realize their role in participating in these systems. And I know it sounds pretty harsh and it sounded kind of harsh to me, but after processing it a while, I think, I think you're absolutely right. No, I, I, what I'll say is you almost can't pick and choose between the apps because you kind of have to go back to the mothership of what Android and iOS and the larger theme or goal with many of these operating systems is. So what I would say is that there is still a conversation to be had, but I'm not here to have it at the expense of what I feel are very positive first and second order effects of innovation. Like we wouldn't be here unless there was, you know, some, you know, not, I'm not going to say rule bending or rule breaking, but just definitely some moving fast and, and delivering experiences where people are trading really their privacy in exchange for expenses that advance them, no matter what that is, right? So, so is it also fair to say, though, that if something is free, which a lot of this cool and fun stuff is, um, you need to realize that you're the product. I'm sorry, this, a lot of people have heard this before, but and if you're the product, you have a responsibility in sort of weighing the pros and cons of what that transaction involves and what that taxes your life or your your digital asset registry, your personal digital asset registry over the long term. And like all of us, most of us will just go, ha, we'll figure that out when we get there. In which case, we can't get too mad, right? I mean, all I'm saying is that what is, you know, what is uh, Jeff Bezos' search engine? You know, what is, um, you know, we know what kind of phone Tim Cook uses. How does he search things? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like you got to go all the way there because it's a very philosophical conversation. But I'm going to get a VPN. I'm getting a VPN soon. Um, that's going to be part and parcel of how I personally start to, to rein things in. I know in the short term, I might be taxed by e-commerce platforms that actually intentionally give you bad pricing because you're not showing them who you are and allowing them to attach cookies or, or trying to trick them by pretending you're, you're, you're actually using a foreign IP address and stuff. But I feel like it's, it's actually good digital citizenship at this point, given, especially given what I do for a living. Yeah, but we're at like the top end of like Maslow's hierarchy of, of internet. When you're here talking about kind of like VPN and stuff, I mean, you're, you've, you've, you're kind of in the self, self-actualization phase. But <laughs> in digital terms. Yeah, but the, the only diff, diff, uh, exception I'd make to that is there's something we wrote in our newsletter. And I'd love to you know, just share the link for anybody who'd like to, to hop on to, you know, to hear me and the team get on our soapbox. We called, we looked at East Africa and I think there's a lot of benefits, even if things are free and we are the product um, and there's a sense of agency. And still, I think if you look at how, you know, just the continent has taken to social networks, which are free, but have used those and enriched the companies and the share prices of the of where these organizations come from, but use those to tell an African narrative to consolidate some kind of fractured pan-African digital identity. It's 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 empowering and it's exciting. Uh, so for us, Kenya is the verbal capital of East Africa because you look at just how prolific Kenya is at Twitter specifically and at exporting and holding 
global and regional players to account and moving the needle on large conversations using and powered by Twitter, whether in the newsroom, whether in, you know, gosh, nightclubs or government boardrooms, Twitter cuts across them and just does all sorts of things, including misinformation and disinformation. You go to Tanzania, unmatched East and Central Africa, nobody holds a candle to them on visual media. So their use of YouTube is why the president has told every YouTuber to register for a license and actually get approved. And there's actually been people in Tanzania who spend nights in prison because they didn't comply, because it's sending a signal to all YouTubers that we see the power of the people in the visual medium. The second place where they are prolific and, and downright spectacular is Instagram. You cannot touch. I mean, I'm, I'm going to venture this. Even in South Africa, like, like there's lessons to be learned across the world on how Tanzanians use Instagram. That's why with YouTube and Instagram, they're the visual capital of East Africa. VPNs, funny you should mention them. Uganda is the VPN capital of East Africa. After an internet shutdown during the presidential election and a social media tax right now. So you want to access your WhatsApp. You wake up this morning, you want to get your WhatsApp, your Facebook, your Twitter, your fix. You have to send and pay your social media tax. And I have the stats and had a deck. I was in Kampala two weeks ago. I was just showing that there was a massive dip, right, in just all connected devices in in Uganda when they put in the tax because people, first of all, couldn't believe that it's real. And then I started to self-correct. So people are paying it or, as we've said, they're using VPNs. I use a VPN as well. And like you say, we make some of these trade-offs, but you have to be a certain kind of person to... I've been very surprised. Kampala's the, I mean, Uganda's the exception where, you know, Entebbe, Jinja, Kampala, some of the cities, I haven't traveled that far. But you see people who know what a VPN is and use one. And it's, it's, it's amazing to me because that's a concept where when there was no internet and the only way was to use a VPN, it picked up. And now with the social media tax to go around it or to evade it or to escape it, you need a VPN. So there are certain pockets where there'll be some innovation because, because it's necessitated upon them. And I think Uganda and, and just Kenya and Tanzania, that's, that's one of the ways that we're do, being net positive contributors despite the circumstances. You're just saying, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, which I think is fair, but I remain an idealist. <laughs> no, no, you've got to be an activist. So real quick about the, the devices I picked up. Because yeah, we need to be quick. Yeah, but yeah, let's, let's close the loop on the story. Like people are like, you started us on this, on this device story. Like what device is he using and why? And, and yes, and then there's that cool... Other device, you know, we talked about earlier that I wasn't even aware of. Try and close the loop for us, yeah? Yeah, sure. So so if you look at first-time smartphone users and the fact that nobody defines what a megabyte is for them, you have low-end smartphones that struggle to keep up with the latest version of Android and with all the security and, and app updates and so on. So Google did something that I think is commendable because they, uh, last year in October, launched Android. And they had been testing it for some time. Android Go Edition. So it's Oreo Go Edition. You will have Pi, which is the current version, and Go Edition of that too. And what they did is they said, look, we have to say that it is not the telcos and it's not how they price bundles. If people are complaining, let's start with us. And they did this in India primarily and tested there. And now it's, it's available worldwide. The Neon Kicker, that phone that I picked up in Nairobi for... Uh, $35, uh, 3,500 shillings thereabout, came with, you know, I was on the Safaricom network just as an example, um, uh, and full disclosure there, client, but but this was immaterial. I bought the device just, just the same way anyone else would. Um, it had, it came with six months of data as part of the package, 500 MB a month. This is an entry-level smartphone, right? It was also written down in terms of the price, uh, came with a screen protector, came with a case. Oh, and I was actually surprised. I was like, this is not bad for like an entry-level device. Long story short, it runs Android Go Edition. So what it does, which, which I, I'm really 
and you know enthusiastic about is they've i mean they've gone to maps and said you know what we're gonna build two separate apps one to get the information of where you are and another one to help you do live turn-by-turn navigation why because who said they have to be the same app and who said it has to be that much data let's strip it from 25 50 100 something megs to literally 1 2 3 8 10 12 15 megs so they have stripped back. They built Gmail from the ground up. They built YouTube from the ground up. You can actually send almost via, I think, a Bluetooth protocol of sorts between Androids with YouTube Go. I can send you a video. I downloaded it on my data, but you don't have to pay with your data. You can actually have me send it to you offline device to device. And so that to me just talks about the future of where we're going, that older devices, prepaid devices, data conscious devices, African, Latin American Asian devices still have a place on the network, still don't have to pay this large price by keeping up and watching data bundles disappear. And while I tried the device and something like Files Go was exciting, it picked up all the memes that were chewing up all my, my space, helped me delete them on a daily basis. After using the phone for three days, I had, I had basically deleted because it tracks how much you delete. I mean, almost like 600 megabytes. So I had a problem, obviously. But as a super user, I mean, even you like got frustrated at some point, given you know it, it, it had its limitations, yeah. Of course. So I, what I moved towards was the uh, Xiaomi Pocophone, which to me is a super exciting phone, especially for the continent. This thing costs three hundred dollars, and you can get it on several like um, sites. You won't find necessarily Xiaomi with like uh, retail outlets and support and SLAs and and contracts to to fix your device. But this thing has a Snapdragon 845 processor, which is the same one that literally I got this before the Pixel 3, which is Google's latest flagship device. And I have the same chipset in this device, in the phone in my hand, for half the price of the Google one. OnePlus launched the 6T. This has the same chip, the Snapdragon 845, as that phone. It actually has a bigger battery life than Google's Pixel. Then Android's, uh, then OnePlus, the, the 6T, it has the same size battery as the, the latest Note 9 from Samsung and is a third of the price. I mean, like for me, the price rate to, to value ratio is, is outrageous. They have to be making a loss on this phone and it's exciting to me. Making a lot of their competitors mad as heck. Yeah, but, but it's exciting to see them give top, top, top-end specs. This phone goes a day and a half and as a power user, that's, it's, it's crazy to me. I mean, there's some power banks that are the size of this phone. Just, just, being, just being real or half the size. I have a power bank half the size of this phone. So like where we are now is, is exciting to watch people give top-end specs on a device. It was made actually for India. The Pocophone was to be launched by Xiaomi in India. But it was so successful in that short run and all the tech YouTubers, I think they actually did some good PR to be honest. Uh, but when I saw that I could actually pick it up in Nairobi, I had it delivered to me and I've not been disappointed with it. And it's been helping me relearn and reacquaint with the Android ecosystem. And there, folks, closes the loop. I mean, we're leaving out so much of what we talked about today, but I feel like we've given people highlights of an afternoon in the life of Andile and Mark when, you know, they do a, a fine meal and some decent desserts and, <laughs> and talk about Africa and everything that's good in life. Um, but yeah, man, Mark, always a pleasure to have you on. You are a bona fide friend of the show, a villager right here in these streets. The African Tech Roundup. Thanks, you, brother. No, thank you, and it's a, it's a pleasure always to get the chance to talk to Africa, even though we take, I think, a longer time than usual to get our point across. Um, yeah, and if I could plug anything we're up to, we're working on a new report. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we'd love people to visit nendo.co.ke, get familiar with what we're up to, sign up to the newsletter, check out, like, our infographics and our blog. Uh, we did something on Bobby Wine a few weeks ago, and, yeah, we're here, and, and always happy to, to chat. Nendo254 on Twitter, mkaigua on all your platforms. You know, get at us. We're, we're here to publish from the continent with local insights and local eyes. 
Brap. Pop, 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 pop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we're all dead. <laughs>